0: Welcome to Ag Future, presented by All Tech. Join us as we explore the challenges and opportunities facing the global food supply chain and speak with experts working to support a planet of plenty. I'm Tom Martin, and joining us is Graham Atkinson, Agriculture Director for Noble Foods, a Planet of Plenty partner producing about 60 million eggs annually. Graham, we want to talk with you about the word sustainability and actually putting sustainability into practice and we would also like to get your insights about British poultry business strategies. Uh, but first, though, some background for our listeners who might not be aware of Noble Foods' history in the egg business. What can you tell us about that?
1: Uh, well, hi, Tom. Firstly, thanks for, uh, thanks for inviting me along. Noble Foods has a, has a fair heritage across here in the UK in the egg industry. started back in the 1920s, so over 100 years of pedigree. Uh, a family-owned business still owned by the same family who, uh, who started that all that time ago. We are focused on egg. We're um, a vertically integrated business. So we go right from the day-old chick on our company-owned rearing farms through to company-owned or contracted producer farms, some 240 contracted producer farms across the UK, We have a milling business unit supplying feed into both of those facets. And then we have two egg packing centres across here in the UK as well. We have a dedicated logistics business uh, from the perspective of both collection and and delivery of of eggs to our retail partners. And we also have a hen processing facility. And equally, we deal with both shell egg, so in-pack on retail shelf, but also, um, we deal with egg from a liquid and boiled perspective as well.
0: Okay, the term sustainability, we hear it so much these days. But uh, take us back to basics, if you would, Graham. How, how do you define it?
1: Oh, where to begin on that one? That's a that's a, a great question, Tom. I think for me, personally, there are three pillars to it. and And I think also, I would reiterate, you're quite correct. We hear the word sustainability so often nowadays, and rightly so. Um, But I do worry sometimes whether that's a little bit misinterpreted or treated quite lightly. For me, three pillars to that one. Um, One is the planet, because clearly sustainability means everything towards the welfare, the future and the prosperity of our of our planet. But to enable us to get anywhere with this sustainability journey that we must collectively go on, I feel that the people are a huge part of this so at every if we just look at at our business here at noble foods through that supply chain this is about engaging people into this sustainability project if you like right the way through that supply chain so getting everybody energized around around the good that we can do but equally we can't walk away from the fact that that we have to think about this being profitable as well so Again, within our supply chain, we must consider that when we're working with what is predominantly a contracted producer base, so independent, um, predominantly family-owned farming businesses, we do need to consider that any of the practices that we're trying to explore or put in place must retain profitability for their business. So they would be the three main facets of it for me, planet, people, and profit.
0: You've set some pretty ambitious sustainability goals there at Noble Foods. Uh, I think making efforts to meet those challenges is the main company driver, and uh, you've been tasked, Graham, with making that happen. Uh, tell us about those goals.
1: We're certainly trying to do the right things within within the agricultural facet. And look, it's it's much wider than that. It's at group level, but at group level for for our business, if we look at carbon reduction. Um, has been one of those pro- um, one of those areas that we're that we're focused on. But two of the things that really touch, from an agricultural perspective, sustainable agriculture and operations and raw material sustainability. So, we've embarked on a number of projects really to look at that, and I suppose to highlight a couple. If we look at uh, encompassing two of those areas, so agriculturally and raw material supply, soya is obviously a, a, a rather A rather large and and somewhat contentious issue so we've embarked down the route of uh, development of soya-free rations um, and we've trialed that so we've done that firsthand with our contract producer base we took that on as a, a full flock trial so taking those birds right through to to end of life at 76 weeks and we had a trial and control flock running our thrust of that really was replacement protein through sunflower and then extruded field beans quite a quite a successful trial and uh, that was a version one of the ration if you like and we wanted to look at that from from all aspects and obviously get to at the end what that meant from a sustainability perspective but obviously if we go back to the people and the profit side of things as well as the planet then we needed to make sure that our change of ration and that's a you know that's a huge step to remove soya from uh from poultry rations that have always included good volumes of soya we wanted to check both from a performance and and a profitability perspective, and equally from a bird welfare perspective that there was no negative impacts. And I'm, I'm delighted to say that we we overall were really really pleased with how that flock came out at the end of the test. Certainly from a productivity perspective, all was good, egg weights etc., egg numbers. From a welfare perspective, the mortalities etc. were were um, all came out really well. So. And what we saw there was a was a reduction in terms of in terms of carbon footprint per kilogram of egg, which was absolutely fantastic. And um, we used DCO2 to develop all the and, and and crunch all the data in that as well. So we we're really encouraged by the fact that we got that one um, off the ground and running. So that was that was one. And I think from uh, one of the other main headlines of of where we're going and what we're looking at, as as you might be aware. Across in the UK, the brown bird and and brown egg is the thing that resonates with our consumers over here. So we have been a predominantly brown layer flock in the UK for a good number of years now. Obviously, just across the water in Europe, in the Netherlands, and in Germany, historically, they've used a much larger percentage of white bird. There are a great deal of benefits to that white bird. So longer laying cycles, um, improved performance from a manageability. Um, perspective the birds are are more docile but overall when you look at that longer laying cycle from the same kind of feed inputs etc you are looking at a much lower environmental impact so again we've done those on trial fairly substantial trials and looked at the outputs from that again using eCO2 to run through the data with us Uh, and once again we've seen we've seen successes there in footprint reduction per kilogram of eggs. So that's just two of the of the projects agriculturally that we've been working on of late. And, and yeah, delighted to say that we've had some, some positive outcomes from both.
0: Well, just as an aside here, I'm kind of curious, has there been any research to why consumers prefer brown eggs over white? And is there any difference?
1: Materially, no, there's no difference. There has been some research done and some consumer reviews done on that There are varying different reasons, Tom. One of the reasons is consumers perceive, in the UK this is specifically, I think because of the nature of the fact that they've been used to the brown egg, they have a perception of that wholesome, rural kind of feel around a a, a brown egg. The sudden shock of a white egg on shelf, um, all sorts of different reactions on there around the method of production that may be used, whether the eggs have been cleaned or washed or... They're a cheaper version of the quality egg that they've been buying. So there's a huge education piece to do here with, with the consumer around, around white egg. What we had found, um, and it was actually through through the COVID pandemic, where there was a huge spike in egg sales, um, you know, an, an essential and popular protein. And that gave us an opportunity to put a little bit more white egg onto shelf in retail And it got a positive reaction, that that white egg sold, and that's led us on a little bit. So it's growing in its momentum, but no doubt there is an ongoing education from a consumer perspective around white egg.
0: Okay, well, uh, back to what you're doing there. Uh, I know that you've tightened your focus to four main areas, and you touched on carbon footprint, but also food loss, land use, and animal welfare. And I thought we would look at each of these. Beginning with moves to reduce the industry's carbon emissions, how is this being accomplished, and uh, what have been the results so far?
1: Oh, well, again, Tom, another really great question. From an industry's carbon emissions perspective, I again, I would, I would go back to where is our industry putting its focus first and i think that's definitely around soya use in diets if you look at the sourcing of soya and the huge footprint that that leaves it's essential that we try to tackle that problem first so i think that's definitely definitely the first cab off the rank the rest i suppose well not the rest is a is a strong statement but what we've done um, from our perspective is to is to measure our our emissions and look at and look at where that sits and where the split is, and if we look at that from a scope one and two emissions perspective, no great shocks that that's not the huge contributor, but certainly the scope three, so our our bought in goods, if you like, and again you come back to that raw material, that raw material portfolio, and the highlight of that being soya, but anything that's a bought in good is where we see our highest impact. So our areas of focus um, are maintained around there, but then that's drilled down for us as a business. We have uh, what we call the ESP, Environmental Sustainability Programme, and that's involved across the whole of our group. It's on every site that we own within the UK. Each of our sites has a a ESP, Environmental Sustainability Programme lead, um, and all the projects across the group are completed under under that banner. The projects then are developed and reviewed on an annual basis. And then the deliveries tracked again through ESP committees. So we do have a really strong focus on it. As I say, you can't avoid or get away from the fact that our bought in goods and raw material sourcing is, is a strong area of focus. So uh, that's huge. We've also done an awful lot of work, as I, as I guess you would expect, around our sites on renewables. So there's an awful lot of um, solar going in around the sites, and that's both from a company and also our aligned contract producer base, lots of renewable energy projects going on out there. Our own electricity within the company is 100% sourced from green electricity tariffs now, and then we're trying, as I say, the low carbon alternatives within animal feed, Projects such as the moves to LED lighting and sub metering, efficient boilers, etc. So it's a long, long list of different things we're doing, and also working. If you look at our logistics business, we cover just shy, I think, of thirteen million kilometers a year in in moving eggs around around the UK. So mapping the emissions that we're causing there, using the right technology to make the most efficient routes, and also looking at our vehicles and and ever increasing the efficiency of that fleet.
0: Uh, another of your concentrations is on food loss. What, what is meant by food loss and, and how are you addressing that?
1: Well, that leads us in specifically the food loss part of that came from a really exciting partnership with Altec and the development of uh, what we call the Enviropact. So that's a project that spanned almost three years now from, from uh, conception through to, through to practice. What we found through trialing that product, we did extensive trials over, over time with this product. But what we found there was that we were losing an awful lot of if we focus on shell egg and getting class A egg out of those birds. So the egg that we're going to put into pack and sell to the consumer. What we found through the use of EnviroPack was that we were retaining an awful lot of egg out of second quality. So the eggs that you couldn't put in pack, and moving that quality into first class. So therefore, we were we were retaining more usable egg in a shell egg form from the same amount of, of inputs. Thereby we saw a food loss reduction, which was a fantastic result.
0: And what exactly is the EnviroPack?
1: So the EnviroPack is, is a mix of all techs gut health platform products. And what we were looking for there was. We set some slightly ambitious targets or challenges to, um, to tech the business, and that was, that was to look at food loss, that was to look at reduction in carbon footprint, to look at increased uh, bird welfare, reduction in land use. Um, we also came out of that with uh, a reduction in mineral leaching as well from the bird. So there were some, uh, some fairly punchy pillars for tech to aim at, but using their products from their gut health platform, that's specifically what we've what we've added into um, into the rations and called that Enviropact. So that's where the focus was, and that's what led us to it.
0: And you mentioned animal welfare, another uh, goal. And I know that uh, Noble has committed to a hundred percent cage free production very soon by twenty twenty five. What are the business sustainability challenges of such a transition?
1: Um, well, I think the difficulty there, and again, I mean this is this is a huge huge subject. So. We've got a lot of areas to focus on there. And I think that this is about partnerships. So this, again, is is where we go back to that people thing. And the people thing here is around working with our producers, obviously, but also working with the breed companies, the global breed companies in their advancements into providing a bird capable of working efficiently within these commercial production units, non-trimmed. And that is an, a huge step. However, I'd link that back into the work that we're doing with the white bird, where we know from uh, the performance data and the welfare data that we get out of those trials, what we see across in Europe, what we see from producers who have been using the white bird for a while now is that does seem to be a much more docile breed, perhaps perhaps more adept, at being able to cope in a commercial environment, non trim. So that's another route of exploration as well. But we've certainly got some fairly big steps to take. Now the 2025 piece that you reference, I think is probably more akin to the cage free 2025, Mm. which all of our um, retail partners in the UK signed up to as well. So there's another challenge for us as we transition from the cage, uh, colony cage, enriched colony cage production, and through and into barn production predominantly as a means for providing value
0: egg. Noble also has committed to help protect and enhance water qualities. You've signed on to comply with something called the Water Roadmap. Tell us more about that.
1: Yeah, that's correct. So we've, um, across in the UK, certainly the protection of our waterways is a a huge national subject. And one specific area of the UK for ourselves that is is an intense area of focus involves the uh, River Usk and Wye catchment which runs through Wales and down into Herefordshire on the west of the country. So there's been a huge focus on the pollution of that river, multifactorial uh, um, without, a, without a shadow of a doubt. And it would be easy for me to to sit here and say that agriculture and specifically poultry and drill that down even further to egg production were, had a very small impact upon that, but that would be remiss. So we feel that that everyone, whether it's ourselves, whether it's the wider agricultural sphere, whether it's industry, et cetera, all has a responsibility to, to look after that waterway. So rather than, rather than sit and say, well, we're not in any way, shape, or form the biggest contributor, we felt being proactive and signing up with a water roadmap in that area specifically, the Wine Agri-Food Partnership, which has a poultry subgroup, the Roundtable for Y Agri-Food Partnership, uh, the Welsh Roundtable, We've, we've joined up with all of these people specifically to focus on what we can do in, in that area. And again, you can reference that back to various different projects that we're working on there from a biodiversity perspective, whether that be uh, buffer zones, whether that be reed bed catchment. And indeed, what we found through the use of Enviropat through our trials, there was a reduction um, within specifically phosphates, which was a, is a huge area of focus within the pollution of the waterways. So something we're very much engaged with. And I think that what we will see is whilst that's a very specific area of focus currently in the UK, it's most definitely going to spread to a a far, far wider audience in in different areas. So being proactive and, and trying to be not ahead of the game, but be absolutely at the forefront, both in terms of what we're trying to do, But also, most importantly, knowledge sharing with other businesses and other industries to scope out what their solutions and their ideas may be, I think will lead us collectively to be able to cope with these issues and rectify the problems going forward in a far, far speedier response, if you like.
0: I'm wondering what sorts of challenges or obstacles that you have identified or encountered that you're now striving to overcome to achieve that greater sustainability in the company's practices and production. Can you uh, elaborate on that for us a little bit? For me, I think it
1: starts with education. So whilst you may have specific uh, levels of expertise within, within your business or out there in the wider industry, which is always a great starting place, but we know full well that you've got to get everybody involved in this. And I'd say there's a distinct difference between been involved and been engaged. So for me, education is a is a huge part. So we take that very seriously within our own agricultural sphere. Look, to rewind back, I guess from a from a group perspective, uh, the environmental sustainability program launched in 2018. That's obviously filtered down and through the business from our own agricultural perspective. We've just recruited a agricultural sustainability manager. And again, from there, we've we've gone really. Let's start with a blank page. Let's go out there and and look at what we are doing, what our contract producers are doing. Let's take those learnings, let's pull that together, and then we can start to look at what are the best ways to to move that forward. So, we've got lots that is happening along the way through bits that I've been describing with trials on whites, trials on soy-free diets, etc. And then we've taken that forward specifically if you look at one of our brands which is an organic brand called Purely we've got that one in partnership with Carbon Trust now so that's a project that we've moved on at moved on at pace but again throughout the whole of that process an awful lot of learnings there that we've taken and then we can apply to to further things that we that we do so i think that we've got we've got good progress there'll be many a hurdle those hurdles will be probably born out of the fact that we don't have the answers collectively, and therefore it's back to that education and everybody coming on this journey
0: with us. I am imagining, Graham, that the the pursuit of long-term consistent sustainability, uh, you can't cut corners, and yet Noble Foods has made the practice of sustainability profitable. How do you do that?
1: I think, well, Back to your back to your first point, Tom. You don't cut corners. I think if you if you go down the route of looking for speedy solutions, um, with with perhaps the ability of or, or the or the want off for us to to hit the headlines, that's probably the wrong path to go down. Um, we've certainly we've certainly taken the stance that we will do it once, but do it right. So you have to look at. You have to look at the end goal of profitability. That sounds that sounds rather single tracked or single minded, but that has to be an outcome from whatever sustainability project that you're taking on. From there, I think you build backwards and you build and you build the blocks from there. So, definitely, definitely having the having the patience to realise that you will set out your store correctly, you'll gather all of the relevant information in and then you will you'll throw that in the mixing pot to come out with your solutions and if that takes a time yes there will be people along the way myself included who may get frustrated by by the length of time that it's taking but when you get the results at the end of it and you know that you can stand behind it and it's substantiated that's very rewarding
0: in the introduction i mentioned the noble foods partnership with the alltech planet of plenty program and i'm wondering how does that partnership turn challenges into opportunities for you
1: I think that comes through a few of the things that I've mentioned one's the education piece and the other is knowledge sharing and I think that to being able to sign up as a planet of plenty partner with alltech has been a fantastic opportunity and for myself if i go back to if I go back to um, october october 2020, when the concept of of our sort of Enviropat or what turned out to be our Enviropat trial started, and along that journey we we signed as a, a Planet of Plenty partner. But if I go back then to my own knowledge, obviously I had a knowledge of of Alltech at that point. But it was only then, really, in opening that door, that I got a sense of the of the global scale and the knowledge base that that business that business contains. So for me, it's a prime example of, uh, that, my, that may sound like a bit of a one-sided affair in some ways, but I guess for Alltech, that's also been an ability to partner with the sizable egg business within the UK, and also hopefully some learnings from their perspective as to A, how that business operates, some of the hurdles that we've encountered along the way. But at every turn, uh, we've been able to sit down collectively as a group pull in the right people to provide us with with the knowledge that we may have been lacking within that group and then overcome the problems so it's been um it's been an incredibly uh, um, enjoyable journey it's certainly been a journey if you look at what we've just discussed right back to october 2020 so this has been about patience and and getting there and doing the right things and making sure that we've got everything behind it but absolutely rewarding to be able to then substantiate all of that data science backed and be able to stand up and say that this does what it says on the tin brings me and and does i think to a to the beginnings of a really a really exciting partnership
0: well i also mentioned in the introduction that we hope to get your views on british poultry business strategies what can you tell us about it i think
1: when we look at the poultry industry and perhaps this resonates for for many other industries as well. I would say that within the last three to four years, possibly five years, the focus on sustainability, the regularity on which we discuss sustainability has come to the forefront. Whereas prior to that, I would say that it was a subject that was touched upon and then possibly, not dismissed, but parked. Now, I think every poultry business within the UK has a focus on sustainability they will all be at varying different levels of intensity as to where that focus is. But what we're starting to see now is different businesses coming out with their sustainability strategies. And again, I I, I would go back to the the poultry industry in the UK is, is on the one side a big industry and on the other side seems quite small in that lots of people know lots of people within that industry. So the ability to knowledge share, cross-species, cross-businesses, is actually quite encouraging. So I think everyone has their different roots because they're different methodologies and different poultry productions, et cetera. But there's definitely a thrust within the British poultry industry to develop, grow, and drive sustainability aims for sure, which is encouraging.
0: What do you think it is that has uh, managed to bring everybody aboard onto the same page? Oh,
1: that really is a big
0: question, Tom, isn't it?
1: <laughs> I think that now we, as an industry, uh, I don't think there's just been a sudden epiphany where collectively everybody, is, everybody has seen the light. What I think is that this has gathered momentum over, over a period of time. It's certainly become a very hot topic at, at every turn. So I suppose it's hitting it's hitting every age group whether that be through the news, whether that be through specific programs that they're watching, whether that be for a younger generation than myself, I hasten to add the use of social media, etc. But I think that thrust has come through. And what I've seen, I mean, I've been with, with Noble Foods for 13 years. And if I look at that, the, the younger generation that are starting to come into this business, and if I look at my own section of it, my own function of it, agriculture, there's a real drive, thrust, and passion around sustainability there as well. And I think that that propagates and that and that permeates up through the through the system and amongst everyone else. So that's I think there's a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy within that piece. But I think overall as a as an industry, it is the fact that at every turn at every headline, at every article you read, somewhere there is a reminder that we need to take this subject seriously. And collectively, it's everyone's responsibility to to work towards a better vision of sustainability going forwards.
0: All right. That's Graham Atkinson. He's agriculture director for Noble Foods, talking to us uh, from near York in the north of England. We thank you so much, Graham.
1: Thank you, Tom. Thank you very much.
0: And for Ag Future, I'm Tom Martin. This has been Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to Ag Future wherever you listen to podcasts.